this is going to sound bad, but I understand the the ones with the high, very high needs are are requiring support, which is totally understandable. But how about the the rest of the ones who are not in that um, spectrum of high needs? Uh, those who are mild, those who are medium, or whatever category you want to categorize that. Yeah. It's not just all about the money and funding. Mm -hmm. People who are applying for support yes. are also human beings. They have feelings, and they these children have parents. So they're not just ticking the boxes, right? I hope when they're doing assessment, they are looking at it in an, in an objective way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Parents have feelings as well. Mm -hmm. We get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. the, the autistic child is a human being who really needs support. We just need to give them the support because. Here we are building this whole world, this environment, not uh, built for them, right? It's not uh, built for them and they are trying their best to fit in to, fit to our in world. Mm -hmm. To our world and yet here yes. we are. We are, we wanted, mm -hmm. we wanted them to thrive, we wanted equity, equitable uh, support, but we're not looking after the whole spectrum. We're just looking at the a, a portion of the spectrum on who are we going to give support with. I think we just need to be need to be a human being. What support do you need and how can we help? Rather than ticking the boxes mm. or rather than being the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Going back to my interview with Minister Potter, I learned about her long-term view about having disabled people uh, at the parliament or in leadership role. That's a very good um, goal, right? It's a vision. Yeah. yeah. I asked her about it, like, how can we um, put more people or disabled people in leadership role if we're not addressing the very fundamental requirements or need of a child, which mm. is learning, good health, mm. right? So we cannot meet that goal. Welcome to a special episode of Culture Connection, an award-winning show based in Lower Hutt uh, here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. My name is Jaseel Kahes. I'm the radio host uh, for Culture Connection every Mondays from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, but today we are having a very special guest, a special episode, and we would like to welcome a really special parent. His name is Lloyd, and he's with us today, and we're going to have a kuriru uh, with Lloyd, who is the founder of uh, Takiwatanga, and uh, I will let Lloyd explain what this means. So, Lloyd, komosta, how are you? Mabote, and thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure, and I really appreciate the attention that I got from you about Takiwatanga and uh, about autism. One, yes, it's really amazing. I have seen your work uh, first mm. on social media mm. and you have interviewed a lot of uh, people in, in, in position uh, about uh, children or uh, uh, people experiencing um, the journey of uh, differently abled, uh, we call it autism in this, uh, in this episode. So uh, we're going to talk about autism and uh, first briefly tell us about yourself. My name is Lloyd and I'm from Philippines. We migrated to New Zealand, Aotearoa in 2013, 2013. And 
I have three kids. Uh, the 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 first child is born in Manila. The the other two are born here in New Zealand. One in Auckland and one in Wellington. Family of five, and we live in the hut. Mm hmm. Wonderful. And how old are your children? Ten, seven, and five. Five. Mm. All right. So they're still in their primary years. Mm. Uh, the five years old and the yeah. seven years old. Now, um, can you help us understand what autism is? Autism uh, for different parents, like uh, it's a con not a concept, but in in in, in my own um, definition, and I've learned about this as well along the way when I was uh, doing this um, uh, learning uh, autism uh, journey with my wife. So one autistic person is just one autistic person, and autism. If we are going to to think about it in a clinical way, it is um, an autism spectrum disorder. And it's a challenge among children and adults who are on the autism spectrum in terms of cognitive, with their social skills, challenges on communications and, and things like that. In a human behavior or human factor, autism is just people thinking in different ways. So it's like you have an iOS versus an, uh, an Android phone, two different mm -hmm. um, um, operating system, two different brains thinking in different ways. So that's autism for me. Let's dig uh, deep to on a personal level. Mm -hmm. uh, you are the father of uh, an autistic child. Tell us about your child. So my son, uh, he was born here at the hut and um, three, uh, when he was three, he was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, uh, disorder as we call it, uh, or autism. Uh, before his diagnosis, we noticed some different uh, challenges. Mm. He's not looking eye to eye. Um, whenever we call his name, he's not um, responding in, in communication between between me and and my wife. Whenever we talk to him, he's not. Um, I mean, there, it's like he's living in his own world, should I say? So he's living in his own world, and it's very challenging for us. He wakes up in the middle of the night. And once he wakes up, it's difficult for him to go back to sleep because we never knew that he has sensory needs that we need to address at that time. And he's nonverbal. He doesn't uh, uh, talk. Yeah, communication is a challenge. It's a barrier. Along the way, when we found out that we we're having challenges, um, Filipino, being a Filipino, obviously we will not go to the GP or not go seek for expert opinion. We will try our best to cope up with him and try to they find out what's wrong with him it, because it's not a typical because i have uh, two other kids you know it's not me comparing my children uh it's just like it's not a common behavior that we found out about him so we we tried um using um internet we we, we don't know about autism at that time but we tried to say like he's doing this behavior doing google what does that mean? And, and so on. So it took us a while before we finally, mm -hmm. come on, let's just go to the GP and yes. ask for help. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Pre-diagnosis, that yeah. was from zero to three years old. And um, what what were uh, the most difficult, what, what were the most difficult challenges apart mm. from him being nonverbal? What, what were other things that you were um, experiencing? Communication is the biggest one because we mm -hmm. don't understand or we cannot figure out what he wants 
uh, he wanted to do. I mean, like if he's hungry, mm-hmm. um, we, we would never know. But we have this cycle of uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner. We know that he, have, he hasn't eaten at that time, so he needs to eat. Mm-hmm. At safety, he has no safety um, awareness. awareness. Yes. Yeah. So he will just run if you put him in a, an environment that is not, um, that is not uh, familiar uh, for him. He will just run and head towards the road and he's not going to look left, right. In terms of his spatial awareness, mm. um, what, what, was, what was he like at, at the time, at the age of three? When he's playing by himself. Mm-hmm. He can play by himself, but he's not going to engage with his brother and his sister. Right. So he may be playing, but he's just going to... We, we call it parallel playing. So mm-hmm. brother and sister is playing. He's playing here beside them. And then he's just gonna, he's not gonna mind them. Yeah, okay, you're just playing and I'll play by myself as well. So there was mm. least social interactions. Yes, yeah, at the end of the day, it's still mm-hmm. communication. It's very difficult to get what he wants to, to, to get. And even if he, he has goals like he wanted to reach out for something, he's not gonna tell us. If he's hurt, uh, let's say he's running and then he got himself um, bruises. Hurt, bruises, he's not he's... gonna cry. So he wouldn't know if it's. There's no way for us to, to know that mm-hmm. he's got bruises or he's got cuts in, in his, um, on his um, skin. Now let's go to um, diagnosis. When and how did you find out that uh, your son has autism? When we are already like worrying about him mm-hmm. because we couldn't, um, we couldn't figure out what are his needs are. So we went to the GP and the GP has suspicion but... Mm-hmm. Um, he cannot confirm that that is autism. Not that he, he's not aware about autism, but there needs to be another confirmation going to, to experts like pediatrician. So we were referred to the DHB mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. reassessment. Mm-hmm. So right. it took us a while before we get that reassessment from the DHB because we, we had the lockdowns and then we had this long um, waiting list. Mm. So we cannot... Um, just go there, go to the hospital and ask for an expert because they're not going to allow that because there's a waiting list and we, we have to mm-hmm. in a way. Right. Mm. So that's one of the challenges, mm. navigating the system, the, yeah. the support. Let's come back to that later on. Mm. Um, in terms of like, what was it like for you when you found out that your son is differently abled? I ask the same question with my wife because I'm trying to compare how my feelings are with, with mm, her. Mm. I mean, like, of course, uh, every, yes. every night you need to, to have some conversation about things happening um, within the family. Yes. How did you feel when you found out that um, Mo is uh, autistic? And then she said, mm-hmm. well, I'm already aware about that. And um, maybe I just accepted it and moved on so I can give the support that he needs. And then... Oh, and I was telling her, did you know that for me, being the father and I'm the only one, um, I, I, I'm the only one working for the fa- family, I'm already thinking about how can I support this child. I'm already worried, like, if there are problems, what should I do? Me being the father, I'm now worrying too much. <laughs> and my wife is just, come on, relax. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll deal with it. So I'm worried about that. I just followed my wife's um, path as well. As well. Like, Okay, I'll just accept it and let's just focus more on how we can support our our child and our kids in, in general as well because 
we cannot just focus on one child because we, we have other two as well who are also requiring attention. How did you tell the news to the family or to people around you? Oh, first, let, let's talk mm. first to your children, to the mm. other two children. The good thing about that is when we told my daughter and my son, mm-hmm. the eldest one, they are accepting. They have an awareness, but we keep on telling them, he's just the same as like you two children. He just thinks differently. So we just he, we just keep on telling them that if there is this special attention that we're putting to Mo, keep in mind that we all need to support the, your brother uh, in this journey and uh, don't be um, jealous about it because he just needs support and we just need to make sure that he is able to to get the right skills for him to 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 life. Let's talk about like being a Filipino mm. and having um, autism mm. because where I come from, like I think we both share the same uh, culture. We both do that. Uh, it's not really well uh, explored in the Philippines and I think for other cultures as well. We try to minimize it and label it differently. What, what's your thought around that? Growing up in the Philippines, and right. sometimes I've experienced people who are being labeled like I don't know, maybe subtil, like subtil or subtil or naughty. naughty. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Before, when I was in the Philippines, I thought that they are okay. They are probably just a subtil or naughty Filipinos yes. or yes. naughty kids. Knowing what I know now, I just realized like different people think differently, and children who are probably uh, doing those naughty things probably are experiencing some um, sensory sensory challenges. That's why they're doing what they're doing. Not because they want to do it, but because they're experiencing, let's say it's too noisy. If a child experiences mm-hmm. a, a sensory overload and it's too noisy, a child mm-hmm. can potentially break down. For other parents, that might, be, might, that might look embarrassing. But at the end of the day, in me trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. at that time, uh, probably there's just something that is going on internally. And we just need to understand that situation at that point in time. There are a lot of stigmas and discrimination around differently able children, uh, especially in in your particular situation, mm. what you're in. Um, mm. How do you overcome them? Pre-2017, when uh, my, my son was born in, in, in 2017, so basically, after everything, we, we found out that he has autism that has changed our lives. But before that, for me as a, a human being, we tend to judge people, right? I mean, like, that's that's kind of the thing we it's, usually... It's kind of like a default reaction. Default reaction. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We yes. judge people because of their action to some or mm. because of their reactive action. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, reaction to some instances. But knowing what I know now, it's has changed my perspective that, that yeah people may have been behaving badly because there is a, a reason behind it because they are experiencing something internally mm-hmm. that we are not seeing uh, visually. Mm-hmm. And um, let's talk about navigating the system. Mm. So this is now um, post-diagnosis. What were the challenges you encountered when you were seeking appropriate support for your child? Right. The journey is always challenging, especially for mm-hmm. parents um, who are 
uh, trying to seek help for the mm -hmm. children. So if uh, the challenge started when we are seeking the diagnosis because of the long waiting list, right? Science says like early intervention works and early intervention is best for children on the autism spectrum because you can intervene on their, um, on their uh, learning abilities and the support as early as possible so that we can support them to live the life that they wanted to live. But the, the problem with that is we have long waiting list and um, the more we wait, my child will not wait for, for that. He's not going to wait for that assessment. He still continually grow up. And we, I am, my concern is I'm missing the, the opportunity to, for him to learn the skills that he needs um, as he grows up. So that's one challenge. So once you get the mm -hmm. assessment, mm -hmm. the, the next challenge will be getting the right learning support. Mm -hmm. So I call this one left and right wing. Not a on a political way, <laughs> but left and right wing is because we have health and learning. So if if one fails, then there's no opportunity for for learning. If let's say you're not in good health, you cannot learn something um, about life. If you are let's say feeling sick or you know you just need to rest, it's either it's it's two or nothing, right? If you have challenges in 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 education. So same thing, you won't know what is a good health if you don't know that or no one taught you about good health, something like that. So it's, my, it's just my concept. So, so after we have received the formal um, diagnosis, now mm -hmm. we have uh, started seeking for the learning opportunities as well. Parents will need to talk to, they will need to uh, speak to the teachers and be honest about the situation. And then they will guide you and support you to navigate you through the Ministry of Education side of things. So that's the learning part now. And the challenge in the, the Ministry of Education now is um, still on the waiting list to be able to get the support. And once you are able to get that support and you need additional support like the ORS for additional teacher aid, ORS is a big challenge for parents. So Tell us is, about ORS. Uh, ORS is an ongoing resourcing scheme. Mm -hmm. This is uh, a program, should mm -hmm. I, if that's the right term that I'm using. So this is a program from the Ministry of Education, so they can support your child on the learning who are, who have uh, your child who have uh, very high needs high needs um, requirements for learning. So they will be providing you, let's say, for example, teacher aid. Mm -hmm. So whenever your child goes to school, your child will have um, teacher aid to support the child in learning. Because the, the, the assigned teacher of the class won't have um, additional capacity to just look after one child. Say my son runs away, so the teacher at the classroom will not go after my child because how about the rest of the class, right? So we're requiring for additional teacher aid and because he needs um, learning support in terms of uh, his focus on learning. Does that make sense? So he, mm -hmm. needs, some, he needs someone to teach him basically one-on-one -on -one, uh, about the, the class and about learning as well on that class. So I hope I'm telling that correctly, the terminologies, mm -hmm. yeah. Right, so let's unpack that a little bit mm -hmm. uh, to mm -hmm. simplify it. So first step, the first step you have to do, of course, you went to the GP yeah. and then the GP referred you to specialists, is yeah. that correct? And the specialist will do the assessment. Yeah. How long did it take you to be assessed? The waiting time took us a while because yes. almost, a, a year. I heard some people are mm -hmm. being assessed for more than a year. 
So right. I don't have any information about that, but that's but from your experience, it was a year for you. Yeah. Plus, so, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, because maybe of COVID lockdowns mm -hmm. and right. waiting list. I think when I did the follow up, it, the waiting list has uh, blown to up to two hundred fifty plus. So how are they going to determine the priority of those waiting lists? Is it by first come first served basis, or is it by by uh, I guess? like what you said earlier, very high needs to medium, low mm, needs. Mm. Is it like that or it's just who comes first, who was referred first? In my view, mm -hmm. it is based on either who comes first or uh -huh. the needs because the doctor, our GP said that I will put a note here that they need to assess or they need to see you as soon as possible. But oh, again, right. that's not a guarantee. Yes. Right? If right. every single GP will put there as soon as possible, now, you will have to compete again with again all with as soon as possible. Yeah. So we don't know that. It's kind of like a gray area. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Mm. Now let's, so there is assessment. Okay, my child has autism. Mm. I am going to send my child to preschool because he's three. Right, right. So we now go to preschool. Now your challenge is actually about who is going to support my child? Because of course, mm. you're not going to be there. Yeah. You're not going to be a parent there. The teachers are not, are not really specialists in dealing with um, you know children with um, with specific needs mm. like your son, so now you are going to involve you you involve the Ministry of Education mm. specifically for support, and that okay. support is basically what just like what you said for their educational needs. Is that all the support that you need, or or this specific person that will be sent to kindy or where mm. where your where your son is? Are they trained to support your son for routine, uh, mm. for um, like education, educational expectation? Is that is that is that just one, or do you need a bundle of professionals to be able to help your son, or is it is it only one person? In my case, when we were at the kindy, mm. there are only a few uh, teachers trained or have experience training about autism and how to handle kids. Uh, that's as far as I'm aware, right? But they are, I think they're trying to change that now because they're trying to send uh, staff to trainings. But And some of the, or a lot of the teachers that we have spoken to, they are eager to, to go on training, like autism. Yes, Even just for sure. autism one-on-one -on -one training. Yes. Right? They're super eager to, to learn about that. Yeah. Because uh, they, are, they have met my son and they are curious about, about it. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. as far as I'm aware, uh, not everyone in, in the kindy are trained. Yes. As far as I'm aware. So, so your son goes to kindy, is that, is that right? He is now moment? in Pri primary, primary school. Yeah. So your son goes to primary school mm. and with that ORS, will it carry on to primary or you have to apply again through Ministry of Education to have another support when, so, when they go to kindy, uh, primary, from kindy to primary? Right, right. So he, he, here's what happened that time. So when he was at kindy, yes. uh, because he was already allocated with a learning support, which All is right. an SLT. Yes. So he was allocated with an SLT, and then the SLT will work with parents, one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one with parents, to, to make sure that there's a plan in place. That's correct, yes. So if, if the SLT, based on his or her, depending on who's your SLT is, mm -hmm. If they think that your child will require an ORS funding support or additional support, they will be the one to initiate that. All right. So they will con they will they, they will, will apply the funding. They yeah. will help you. 
Okay. Yeah. But the funny thing is, in our case, mm-hmm. we learn about ORS from other parents, parents who are attending an autism one-on-one, one-on-one training. Mm-hmm. And then they told us about ORS, and we were never aware about that until that time. Mm-hmm. And then we were we were the one who told our learning support that how about ORS? How can we? Uh, because we needed uh, support for that, and how can we uh, leverage on on th- on that additional support for for Mo? And then they said like, oh yeah, we can try that. Like I was a little shocked at that time because our support should be the one telling us what to do, right? I mean, so not telling us what to yeah. do, advising yeah. or recommending us what, what showing what to do. you the pathways, pathways to be able to access support. Yes. So what's the difference with with, with ORS and the SLT? I just don't quite get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, right. That's okay. So, but, so you are you are quite like you seem to to, to project that ORS is really important. Yes. So All right. So tell us about ORS and how it affects the support to your son. I forgot to clarify. The SLT yes. is a speech language therapist. First, you will be assigned with the learning support. When you're assigned with the learning support, mm-hmm. and they see that your challenge as a, an autistic mm-hmm. person is on learning, like for mm-hmm. my son, it's, it's communication. Yes. Yes. So it means that he requires the skills of a speech language therapist. Mm-hmm. And then from that on, we will be assessing or putting in a plan in place, and then mm-hmm. they will be the one to recommend uh, the, the path. Mm-hmm. And then. ORS is, uh, just came into the picture because there's ad- additional support that is required. Mm-hmm. The plans that were recommended at that time is not working. Mm-hmm. And he will need like a, a, a more robust uh, support. Right. Because learning support, uh, specialist language therapies, the, the support on that one is not like full time at school. Of course, they it's, have specific time to yeah, come. Maybe, yeah. maybe four once times a, a week or once a week for two hours. Yeah, or one hour sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> So the ORS will give you more, is that what you're saying? So in in his primary, yes. that will support him in his learning, uh, yeah, learning learning uh, development uh, because he needs to be he needs a one-on-one support uh, so that he can cope up with other children. So there will be a lot of people. Uh, there may be one or two people that will be involved uh, depending on what he needs in the primary. Potentially, but potentially. Yeah. Mm. So ORS is quite, kind of like permanent, is that correct? Or? As far as I'm aware, um, it is like once you get approved, you will have that funding until you get 21. All right. That's the problem uh, because uh, not everyone gets it and mm-hmm. not everyone requires that funding up to their age of 21. My right. concern is, I understand for the for the for those who have uh, very mm-hmm. high needs, mm-hmm. they may need or require that funding up to the age of 21, which is I don't have problems with that because that's a very high need and everyone has needs, right? And um, for those um, high needs, in my view, if my son will just need uh, is able to learn the daily living skills that he requires, so he can live as a mm-hmm. uh, a common sorry for the term, but a common human being as well. And then he may not require that funding until he gets 21. But the, the problem right now is once you get it, you get it until 21, and now they are capping it uh, until certain uh, people only. When and you say certain people, like... I don't know how they, they, mm-hmm. the criteria is, but there was a news from the Herald that, mm-hmm. that was raised as well in relation yes. to that. Yes, and it was mentioned there that the the ministry is capping the 
the funding. And then I never heard of the ministry going against that news. You know what I mean? If it's not true, then you should ask that um, that news to be put down because it's it's false. Or right? it, it track it yeah. publicly. Yeah, but it's right. still there. Mm -hmm. So which means, mm -hmm. I don't know. Right, for you at the <laughs> moment, the ORS is still ongoing application. You don't mm. know yet the outcome of this. Is that correct? Or we, you have you have you have been approved, or what's with your situation? So at the moment? right now we have initially applied and we had received the review. All right. And then it was a decline for mm -hmm. cer certain reason, right? Mm -hmm. I asked for an OYA. I'm yes. Sure if you, yes. Yeah, yeah OYA. O Official Information Act, yeah. uh, basically asking uh, all the communication pertaining to a specific application so Lloyd will be aware um, what's happening. Yeah, mm. so I asked for an OYA from the Minister of Education on how they review ORS. Mm -hmm. And they say that uh, they review that thoroughly with experts and they review that in a way that is equitable for children or people who require support. If really the criterion or the or the or the ceiling is equitable. Is it equitable? You know, is it equitable based from the information that you have or you have obtained? Yeah. Right. So there yeah. are other ways to go around it, but yeah. Mm. And then what was written in there is that we wanted to provide an equitable um, education, mm -hmm. especially for those who are in very high needs. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I totally understand if it's a very high need. But what are we planning for those who are in? Uh, next in line next in line even those right, who if, are yeah it's it's 20 like say for example uh they're only funding 14 but what if your child is 9.8 yeah, right right and then what if especially those who are on a mild mm. spectrum they still need help they still have needs that's what i was saying yes you don't need to give them the funding of until 21 if especially for those who are mad because right. they can cope up right why can't we support them in some other ways? What other ways is that? I don't know. We were not informed if there are other ways. It could be an advocacy for you, Lloyd, uh, to actually uh, put forward that, you know, even if my child is the next in line and mm. just missed out because of the very high need criteria, maybe yeah. you can help us, but not necessarily until the child turns 21. Like yeah. basically in the interim, making it a temporary... Uh, relief or support yeah. at this stage, but let's go back to Mo, uh, to your son. He's now at the primary school, mm. and I um, does he have support at the moment? What, what support? And if he has support, what support is getting? So here's the funny thing. So he's getting a teacher aid. He's only going to school. He started going to school for three hours versus his peers who, who are going to school for six hours. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, it's for you to decide if it's going to be delayed or not on that three mm -hmm. hour versus the six hour. But mm -hmm. Yeah, he started to go there with uh, teacher aid. So this is every day, three hours, or it's only he, specific they day? Extended it at, uh, yeah, they extended it one another for another one hour. Every so, day, Monday yeah, to Friday. Yeah, mm -hmm. but still, what about what, what's going to happen mm -hmm. with the, the other two hours? There's no plan for that what are they planning to do with that excess uh, mm -hmm. with the lack of uh, with that two mm -hmm. hours he's uh, at school and mm -hmm. going there for he started going there for three hours and the funny thing is they have approved an emergency funding for him coming from the Ministry of Education for his teacher aid the same ministry who, who you know you, you get what I mean like the same ministry 
who declined. Who declined. Yeah, they say it's um, they have requested for eighteen eighteen hours, but it has become like fifteen or something like that. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, the the way the funny thing, as I was saying, is the same ministry who approved the emergency funding has declined. The same. I mean, I, I understand they they are coming from different teams, but are the teams inside the ministry talking amongst mm-hmm. themselves uh, that we have approved this funding because they needed it, versus the ones who are assessing the ORs? I don't know. So that's a little uh, confusion. So that's a quite a difficult system to navigate for 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 a lot mm. of people. Um, not only for migrants, mm. but I guess every single person that yeah. that is in your situation. Mm. Although the spectrum may may vary, mm. so that is a challenge, it and is, I think it, yeah. it will be an ongoing challenge, Lloyd. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. So right to recap that to our viewers, mm. basically. Um, Right, it starts with assessment. Assessment takes time, it depends. Mm. And we don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, mm. Even if the doctor puts as soon as possible, it doesn't guarantee. Lloyd has waited for one year before uh, they got their assessment for his son. And then when the son went to kindy at the age of three, they then have to apply for funding from Ministry of Education. And uh, that funding basically um, depends on how much they can approve and um, it will be assessed as well based on the child's needs it could be a speech language therapist it could be a behavioral uh, needs and all that kind of all sorts of things so um, for Lloyd's situation the son was non-verbal so teaching that child to actually communicate uh, non-verbally by the way Lloyd can he communicate now when he was at Kendi? Did he have some words or is it just better in expressing through nonverbal cues? He has words, but if he's mm-hmm. going to speak to you, it doesn't mean anything. Right. I mean, it's a word word like, yes. because maybe mm-hmm. he's, um, he's seen his brother like watch a, a video or right. something that he picked up. Mm-hmm. That's one of the traits of the autistic person. Sometimes they picked up and then they just... They just repeat it. Repeat it. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily it's a comprehension. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, not You're necessarily. Right. It's a form of communication. Or like a functional communication there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So basically, when the son went to kindy, he had uh, an individual educational plan, which involves the speech ter- speech language therapist. And now the problem and the challenge then shifts when the child went to... Uh, primary school because of course uh, he will need continued support and um, there is another um, support that the government funds and that's the uh, ORS that Lloyd just talked about however they were unable to uh, avail that support uh, due to uh, ongoing reasons why we can't tell you at this stage because it's still an ongoing re- ongoing and uh, you know uh, research at the moment but anyway um the son is now at primary school he has his teacher aid uh, for three to four hours the, did you apply for that emergency funding no, really the, the school helped us i mean yeah that's right that's why we're so grateful to have him at, uh, at that school mm-hmm. and they help us uh, apply for that funding and they are very su- supportive so how did you choose this school did you choose it because of their affinity to support uh, children with different ability or was it just convenient for you at home how did you choose that at first it's convenient at home because it's near the house and so let's just use mm. the word mainstream so it is a mainstream school is that right yeah Mm. all right i don't think we have a special ed school here 
Okay. Not that I'm aware of. My mm -hmm. wife did some research and most of them, or all of them, I'm not quite sure if they are in South Island, but mo most of them are in Auckland. Right. So mm -hmm. it's even if there is yeah. in New Zealand, you still can't do it because you're in Wellington, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, would be hard for you to move, eh? Because you want you, to, you, yeah. yeah. You're going to uproot everyone. Right. My, my other two children are already thriving are, here. Yeah, yeah, they are right. thriving here, and, and you're that's working what, here as well. Yes, mm. and that's what I was trying to express a while ago. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, we have three kids, mm -hmm. and our focus is not just with the, mm -hmm. the the one with special need. We also need to look after the other two, and we need to consider their feelings as well. That's right. So that's why mm -hmm. we don't want to move just for yes. for that. Yeah. And like now, moving forward, mm. so Mo, your son is now having a teacher aid for four hours mm. a day. And then what does it look like for you moving forward? Is there certainty of support? I hope so. I'm, I'm very excited about the, the introduction of FAIKAHA. Mm -hmm. uh, when I spoke to the minister... Uh, so what's FAIKAHA? Uh, the new ministry, Ministry for uh, the Disabled. This uh, is the yeah. new ministry that was uh, introduced in the, during the 1st of July. Given the introduction of uh, the, the new ministry, I was able to get a chance to talk to Minister Porto about some concerns that I wanted to raise, especially with ORS. And she is much, uh, she's uh, pretty much aware about the, that happening. And uh, she will be looking into talking to other ministries as well to improve the support. Mm -hmm. that other government agencies are providing to So you're quite hopeful. People. I'm still hopeful. Yes. Yeah. Would you consider that the support that your son is getting at the moment is enough? Uh, to be honest, if I will be honest with myself, no. Um, and for the fact that he's only going to school for a certain time, not full time. And basically there's uh, learning, there's learning, I mean, he can learn but he just needs uh, additional support and yeah given the time allocation for him at school and while his peers are learning full-time versus only a few hours four hours let's say five hours at max including lunch time <laughs> let's say that that's happening still i don't think it's it, it's enough it's really him. not equitable isn't it yeah it's not equitable if we are i mean if government agencies are really promoting mm -hmm. Equitable health, equi it's not equitable equitable. education. No, it's not. We're only looking at the, the very high risk. Again, I keep on saying this is going to sound bad, but I understand the, the ones with the high, very high needs are are requiring support, which is totally understandable. But how about the, the rest of the ones who are not in that um, spectrum of high needs? Um, those who are mild, those who are medium, or whatever category you want to categorize that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, that means that your wife has to stay home to take care of him. Is that correct? Yes. She's, when he doesn't go to school. She doesn't go to work. She doesn't. Uh, she brings the child or, or my, my son to school every morning. And that's about it. And then picks, her, picks him up uh, in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, 1 p.m. or 1 So basically half a day at, basically, at school. Yeah. And um, yeah, it frees up a little bit of her time, but not probably enough to give up yeah 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 on the brighter side there are some other supports uh, that we are getting as well mm -hmm. like the respite support which is amazing right. we mm -hmm. get to get some time right. but, and, mm -hmm. and then some other support across the different uh, organization support from families very important friends especially for most of the filipino migrants here don't have their parents 
they, they didn't bring their parents with us. Usually, Filipinos bring their parents so that they can to look after the thing. But yeah, yeah, for in our case, we don't have parents, mm-hmm. no, no other relatives, just the family and friends. So, all right. Mm. And um, let's talk about um, Takiwatanga. Mm. It's a Facebook group. It's a Facebook page. Yeah. And tell us about it. So, first, Takiwatanga is the Maori uh, or Tereo word for autism. And uh, it means my, his, her, their own time and space. Uh, this is a terminology uh, coined by Kerry Opai. Uh, he is in Waikato. During the time that uh, my son received the, the assessment, he's uh, on the autism spectrum. I am so eager to learn about autism. And I think I, I read in one of the, I think that's a book or something. In order for you to learn, like, to cement the learning, you have to teach other people and you have to speak about it. So I decided to put a podcast about it, Takiwatang podcast, but at first I don't know what title uh, or, yeah, podcast title should I use. I don't want to use autism, not that it's not a, it's a bad thing, but I want to use something different that... Something re- positive. Something positive and something that relates to me and my, right. my child. Yes, yes, so yes. At first, I, I tried to search for it outside of New Zealand, like, what's the French of autism? What's the Filipino autism? A term, a Filipino term for, uh, for autism, we don't have one. And then what's uh, other language? And then nothing resonated to me. And then I came across Takiwatang, my he said, for her own time and space. And then I said, oh, this is a good name. I should use this. But another problem came when I was starting to set up the podcast and said, am I allowed to use this? I'm not Maori. Right, so I stopped. Um, I stopped from there, and then I decided to maybe I should just um, I should just go and find out who who created the um, the term. I researched for the person who coined that term, mm-hmm. and I've decided to bring mm-hmm. everyone from the the family to go to Waikato and talk to the person to give respect to the 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 the, the terminology and to give respect to the person who coined the terminology. So we went to Waikato and I interviewed him about Takiwatanga. This is episode number two for that podcast. And uh, yeah, we we had a conversation and I asked for permission and good thing he allowed me. <laughs> I set up the podcast after being allowed to use that one. I set up the podcast and then I think I was in episode up, up until episode 16. Now another problem came into me wherein I'm having this uh, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is like for me, trying to fake me myself being an expert about autism. So I something went wrong in my head like, I'm not an expert, why am I doing this? And things like that. So I decided to shut it down. All the contents that I have published, I shut it down or shut them down and remove the, the, all the contents. And then after a year, every day I see my child growing up and uh, being an eager viewer Deeper to learn about autism, so I decided to maybe I should just put it back um, for me to learn. I talked to myself, my inner self, my ego. Yeah, you need to shut up, ego. You know, you need to, you need to, you need to progress your learning. So I, I put it back again, and after how many episodes? Am I now? 28, 29 episodes? Wonderful. After 20, 29 episodes, I'm still here. 
And it's so true, Lloyd. I can relate because, <laughs> you know, having a culture connection, right. you, you you started strong and passionate and driven. Then mm -hmm. somewhere along the journey, you know, I felt slowed down and sometimes you just lost that oomph and energy, yeah. you know, and mm. um, sometimes I just had to take a break. Yeah. And that's so normal, I think. And yeah. um, I really admire uh, your journey because yeah. it's 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 authentic and raw, right? You're right. being real and honest because I myself can relate exactly how you feel. Because there are times that I just wanted to give up. There mm. were times that I just wanted to say, what's the point of doing this? It's free, it's voluntary, you don't get anything, right? right, right. And then you spend so much time in doing this. Mm. And and then sometimes you don't even know if you impact people, mm. right? And that's the challenge. And I think, go again, like I really love what you said, when you talk to your inner self and just listen to it. And you will know that you are meant to be doing this. Yeah, and yeah. exactly, mm. I just want to thank you because of you, we are able to actually share your story to other parents. And I'm sure this this will give inspiration to to to, to people that mm. are experiencing. So I guess my next question would be: Speaking of that, Lloyd, there are a lot of parents out there seeking help and uh, guidance as well. Mm. What are what is your message to them? especially for those who are overwhelmed, mm. doesn't know what to do at the moment. Yes, overwhelm is already something that we are very much familiar with, especially <laughs> nav navigating yes. the system. Yes, that's And great. there's no right, I mean, not right, there's no standard path. I mean, like if you have flu, you go to GP or, yeah, it's always like that, yeah? You feel something. I'm not saying autism is a disease or something, don't get me wrong. If you have flu, you go to GP for mm -hmm. assessment mm -hmm. so that you can um, get the medications that you need. But if, we, if someone has autism, I know a parent who is whose journey is different from us. They were di directed to CAMS. CAMS is Child, child Adult um, Mental Health Services. I think it has something to do with mental health. So they were referred to that by the school. It's a different path. And uh, my question is, why are we having different paths across the country with this. Some other parents are navigating the system on a different way. So in my view, there should be just a, a, a path mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. standard. And then from mm -hmm. there, they can just people or the, mm -hmm. whoever is uh, on that mm -hmm. ministry, mm -hmm. they should just direct the, the parents to the right path. Mm -hmm. Anyway, going back to your um, question. So my suggestion or my recommendation as a parent is first, if you are seeing, especially those who are new mm -hmm. parents, mm -hmm. if you are seeing something is not common mm -hmm. in terms of behavior, mm -hmm. uh, you need to seek help as soon as possible. Go to the GP or to the doctor's experts and uh, they can, they should be able to help uh, the family or the families. And then um, when you are with your GP, mm -hmm. the first, um, you, yeah, it's always like acceptance is the first step. If there's a problem, you need to accept it. Because mm -hmm. if you're not going to accept it, you're going to pretend that you can, you are, there's no problem. You know what I mean? And you it, can't fix the problem. Yeah, you can't fix the problem. Yes. That's what I was uh, yes. after. Yes. So acceptance, you need to, be, to accept the fact that there's a problem, you need to accept yes. it. And then uh, you need to find the people who can support you. F find um, your tribe, mm -hmm. other parents who can support you. I call this A-team, autistic mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. uh, you can call it uh, 
in uh, something else. So do you have that organization in Wellington? I belong to different uh, Facebook groups. Oh, right. Filipino, there, there's a Filipino group um, who are autist autistic kids. Brilliant. Yeah, so we are 90-something in that group. And then mm -hmm. friends. I know uh, we have a close friend who is uh, directly connected to an autistic person. Uh, the brother is an autistic person, which is amazing because it's easier to offload. When you get overwhelmed, you get problems. Sometimes you get the stress mm -hmm. pushing you down. You can, we, we just go there uh, in their place and talk to them about it, just to offload. So that's what, what we usually do. So just offload, even just for, for people to uh, ask people to listen. It doesn't have to be like them fixing the problem. They just have to listen sometimes as a, like um, human beings, like you just need to tell, I have a problem and then that's it. And then you can move on and uh, start uh, supporting the child. Acceptance, find the people uh, who, can, who will fight your corner. Mm -hmm. Be honest or be open about it. I am always open about my child having autism. If to I am, whom? To everyone. To everyone. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, hence I created this podcast as well. And mm -hmm. I'm sharing it to my friends, um, regardless if we're close friends or not. At the office, I'm op open with that. If I'm not open, I wouldn't find out that my boss is also directly related to someone on the autism spectrum. So it kind of generates uh, support yeah, as it, well. Yeah, generates support. And also, you can find your, I'm finding my tribe and someone who can relate. Yes. Yeah, because that's in, important. And then I learned about. Um, Susie as well, episode number 26. I learned about her, about the child after being open. Me being open to myself about autism. So you can find people around who are going to understand you when you're mm -hmm. open about it. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy the journey. It's a very, very tricky journey. Mm -hmm. um, challenging journey. I know there are support required. Sometimes it frustrates you. You cannot get the right support. And uh, sometimes you just want to vanish as a parent because you're overwhelmed with the system, overwhelmed, with, and then at the end of the day, you still cannot get the right support for your child. And now you have the stress. So just enjoy the, the journey and be happy with, with, the, with your kids if you have more than one kid or, or children, and then be happy with your autistic child because um, they have skills as well. It's not always... Um, stress I mean they they are very interesting in 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 a good way they surprise you every day mm -hmm. and you learn a lot from them every day my before that during 2017 and before that my patience is like just like this level uh -huh. now it's like uh, uh, I, I think I'm still a work in progress person but I feel like I have uh, developed this good patience uh, into myself so it increases your capacity to love and understand yes and also it has uh, I became more conscious about the people around me not to just judge judge them because the way they look the way right. they behave and things like that I mean I'm not saying that I'm already 100% on that level but at least I have this conscious thing running in my head that hang on not the default reaction anymore. Yeah, not, not the default right. reaction. So you're not reactive. You're trying to be uh, more loving and um, like more understanding. Yeah, mm -hmm. enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. Learn, read. Mm -hmm. Talk to people who knows about it. Talk to mm -hmm. other parents who have yes. strategy in yes. place. Mm -hmm. not, I'm not saying that their strategy will work on, on mm -hmm. your child. Yes. Like I said, one autistic person is just one. But at least you have another bullet 
bullet. It's a bad example. Another, um, what do you call it? Another, um, another thing in your packet. In your packet that you yeah. can use. It may not work now, but who knows? It might work at some point. That's great. At least you have an idea that oh, they've done this. Maybe I should do this as well. Mm -hmm. If it didn't work, then move on to the next. Don't don't dwell on that strategy and try to push it. Trying to fit a square um, into a circle. Yeah, right. Into a circle. So right. just move on. About the community, you can just reach out to Autism NZ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I met the CEO who's a nice person, and uh, we talked about their support and mm. they can help as well in navigating the system. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Hot body riding for the disabled. I met uh, Bronwyn there, and mm -hmm. a nice lady who, who, who presented or showed me the whole, mm -hmm. um, the whole uh, uh, horse track, which is being, they, they're, they're using horses for-, for um, Yes, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. It they, calms uh, them yeah. down. Yeah. Is it true? I believe so because yes. I read the book uh, The Horse Boy. Mm. Uh, Row one is an autistic person, and uh, the horse helped him cope up with his mm -hmm. environment and mm -hmm. it improved his condition. Mm -hmm. So it's a potential. I'm not saying it's 100%, you know, like I said, it could potentially work, but it's not the only way. It's not the only way, and we need to try it first before saying it's not going to work, you know? Yes. We need to make sure that we try it first. But we, they've seen, they have the data, they've mm -hmm. seen some improvements as well on children who are in their program. So I feel like it's working. Right. Mm. Thank you. Who is the person that supports you or people that support you throughout this journey without fail? Friends, mm -hmm. usually, especially mm -hmm. the, our closest friend. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then teachers mm -hmm. are very, very yeah. super supportive at, uh, at, uh, during our mm -hmm. uh, journey. What can the government do better in terms of supporting people with autism? If I will be honest, they will. This needs to be the whole system will need to be revamped. To be honest, but oh, they just need to understand that it's not just all about the money and funding. Mm -hmm. People who are applying for support yes. are also human beings. They have feelings, and they these children have parents. So they're who, not just sticking the boxes. Right. I hope when they're doing assessment, they are looking at it on on an objective way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Parents have feelings as well. Mm -hmm. We get overwhelmed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. the, ch the autistic child is a human being who really needs support. We just need to give them the support because here we are building this whole world, this environment not uh, built for them, right? It's not uh, built for them and they are trying their best to fit in to, fit to our in world. Mm -hmm. To our world and yet here yes. we are. We, are we, wanted, mm -hmm. we wanted them to thrive wanted equity, equitable uh, support, but we're not looking after the whole spectrum. We're just looking at the a, a portion of the spectrum on who are we going to give support with. I think we just need to be, at the end of the day, we just need to be a human being. What support do you need and how can we help? Rather than ticking the boxes mm. or rather than being the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah. Going back to my interview with Minister Potter, I learned about her long-term view about having disabled people uh, at the parliament or in leadership role. That's a very good um, goal, right? It's a vision. Yeah. yeah. I asked her about it, like, how can we um, put more people or disabled people 
leadership role if we're not addressing the very fundamental requirements or need of that child, which mm. is learning, good health, mm. right? So we cannot meet that goal. Apart from non-governmental mm. support, mm. what initiatives do you think we as community or people can do to help children or people with autism? I think first and foremost, we just people just need to accept the fact mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. everyone thinks differently, right? And we should stop judging people. Like I always love this Maori phrase: Let's stop judging others. Mm -hmm. Let's all work together. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice phrase that I have incorporated in this podcast as well, mm -hmm. because I think all we have to do is just be uh, one human being to another human being, right? And then we just need to understand other people and people behave certain different ways and things differently. But at the end of the day, we just need to respect them and and just accept them. That's it. And uh, I think that's the only way that we can thrive in this world. Right. That, so acceptance, acceptance mm. is really important. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And in terms of like as a father, mm. what is your dream or aspiration for your son? I always tell my, my friends that I always have high hopes and dreams, like any other parents, right? To thrive in the environment. <clears throat> Excuse me. So to thrive in the environment, and then I always tell them that with my son, who is autistic, I can hope for very high goal, which is okay. But for now, I just want him to learn the daily living skills. That's it. Because if he's not going to learn all the fundamental uh, factors of, mm -hmm. uh, of uh, human being living in this society, then he's not going to even take the next step towards mm -hmm. a more um, higher success in life. But for me, um, he just needs to learn about the going to groceries. Uh, he just needs uh, to learn how to, to withdraw money from the ATM. Mm -hmm. um, Another reason that we want him to be in mainstream school is he needs to learn about having peers, that there are children like him as well. Mm -hmm. So he needs to learn from his peers. It's always about the fundamental need of a child, which is to learn how to, uh, right. uh, which is to learn about life skills. That's it. Mm -hmm. Once he attained that, then I'm going to head towards the next step. So what do you want to do in life? Mm -hmm. And then after that, we can progress from there. Right. Wonderful. Mm. What are his milestones? Uh, it depends about the milestone. Are we talking about the school milestone? And or? like, let's 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 mm. assess the milestones uh, mm. from your life goal, which is life skills. Mm. What are the skills he's learning at the moment? We want him to learn how to be by himself when he wanted to go and seek, seek out for food. You want to, him to be independent on that. Right. So at the moment, he can't do that yet. It's still a journey for him. It is. But what we've done, we're trying yes. to, because we're trying to teach him how to, to be independent in getting food. We open up the pantry like he can always go there, regardless of the time, if he wants to go there. So at least he knows that. There's food. There's food. It's open. It's, it's, open. it's accessible for accessible. him. Accessible. That, that's yes. what I've been after. So it's accessible. And then uh, the, the, even the fridge or the ref refrigerator you can always open that one challenge that we are still right um, super keen to have is he's still um, in in his nappies uh-huh so for a five-year-old in nappies that's 
that's uh, unusual, but for an autistic child, sometimes it's common, sometimes, right? It is common. Uh, when I was mm. still teaching, we had a child who was, yeah, mm. still in nappies. Yeah. So, so he's not toilet trained yet. So he's, you are training him to be toilet trained, obviously. Yes. Like knowing when to go, when yeah. to do number two and mm. when to go yes. number one and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's his, once he gets to be aware about that and he gets that mm -hmm. toilet skills, then that's a mm -hmm. very, very mm -hmm. huge milestone. Wonderful. So I will be happy. Awesome. All righty. Mm -hmm. And what do you think um, your son's... Um, goal that's a good question actually he he has a, a big opportunity ahead of him he can memorize numbers right right and then uh, he can uh, he can count amazing right yeah oh i hope no one from the oh, the minister of education will hear this <laughs> there's a problem because the more your strength you you sh you show them the more it will be declined but yeah so we should celebrate success yeah. and strength yeah, yeah we should so he's mm. amazing with numbers and uh, i think if only we can leverage on that strength mm -hmm. like how can we use that in order for us to communicate mm -hmm. about his needs you're right if we, sure. we can do that, we don't know the strategy. That's why we're seeking help. Mm -hmm. If we, we we know that, we could probably leverage on that and we could probably learn about living skills. Wonderful. Yeah. Lord, we are coming to an end. Is there anything right. you'd like to promote? Is there anything you'd like to say as a finale? I think much of the, the mindset thing I've already mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, acceptance, if you're a parent, a new parent or a parent mm -hmm. who just... Um, learn that your child has autistic traits acceptance is the key that's the first step nothing else and then find people who can uh, support you um, find people who can fight your corner uh, find your tribe and then be honest about your situation enjoy the journey uh, enjoy your amazing child they have superpowers you just don't know about it yet but you will learn uh, along the journey. But yeah, they are amazing children and they are super smart and honest, brutally honest, right? Uh, learn about, about autism, learn, read, mindset, mental health. Uh, that's very important. And yeah, and then uh, you can always find me in my podcast, Takewatang, searchable in uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, uh, Facebook page, Takewatang as well. I'm selling t-shirts like this, right? Uh, just to support the 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 infrastructure that I have built as well. There. How much is this? Uh, uh, this the one. The t-shirt is Takewatanga. I think um, thirty-six or something like that. And where can we order it? I have an online store, esell.co.nz. It's just one design for now, but I'm putting more designs, and I don't print this ones. Uh, I just. I'm just bootstrapping to another printing company, so I'm just earning something. But I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying. And um, once I get to a hold of the funding or funding from my sister, <laughs> my sister calling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's see if I can probably buy my own uh, printing machine. So at least it's going to be, um, the cost is not that uh, super high. And then I do websites as well. I can... Uh, create websites for uh, businesses uh, and content like this or storytelling, I do those stuff as well. 
any any amount I get from that, uh, obviously it's gonna go to the the infrastructure that I built for autism and other stuff. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lloyd. No, uh, it's my pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, namihinoy, maraming salamat and daghang salamat. That that was Lloyd. I am from Takiwatanga sharing his journey uh, about uh, his son with autism and we're going to uh, broadcast this interview live as well at Hat City FM 106.7 on Monday the 12th of September from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Thank you again. This is Jaseel and again I'm with Lloyd. Thank Namin you. Thank you. Every Tangata fight Takiwatanga is different. If you fail with one strategy, don't stop. Keep moving forward. Always remember that for every failure you encounter is one step closer to your success. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Memuto te fakawa haire. Let's stop judging others. Memahi tahi tato. Let's all work together. Kia maya, kia kaha, be brave and be strong. Sorry for making you do this. <laughs> right, okay, right, thank you. I just want.